0: This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Age Changer Show. I'm Carmen Furrow and this is Lynn Furrow, my husband and founder of Summit Life Ministries. Um, At Summit Life Ministries, our mission is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective and empower believers to live supernatural lives in faith-filled obedience. And we're trying to do that also. We're we're praying, God, let that be a work that is, is happening in us. Um, we are in part four of Jesus the Age Changer. So we had a great start or a great continuation yesterday with that. And um, we're just going to continue With that today, and by the way, if you're missing David, which we normally see, we had a little bit of a trouble with laughing, and we've done multiple takes, so we excused David from this episode, so he could compose himself and enjoy uh, his time off, and you'll see him again tomorrow, probably, hopefully, perfectly. So, a question as we begin: Um, You had been talking about different ages, and how even in referring to Orville and Wilbur Wright, how they can overlap. So in that, could you give an example of a believer um, who lived in overlapping ages?
0: Yeah. Or or interacted between two. I think a great example of that, and it's one of my biblical favorites, is King David. And King David was born in Old Testament times, and he was obviously born under the law of Moses. Right but he was more of a New Testament man. And I'm gonna read a um, passage of scripture out of the book of Psalm, and I believe it's Psalm 40, verse six. David said this, in sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Now, David making that statement is a bold statement Mm -hmm. for the age that he was living in. Because like I said, he was living under the sacrificial system Mm -hmm. prescribed by the law of Moses. And so it was God that commanded sin offerings. It was God that commanded free will offerings, wave offerings. Here were all of these sacrifices that the children of Israel were required to bring and to offer to the Lord, and then David, in this passage okay. of Scripture, says, God, that's not really what you require. That Now, wait a minute. It, are you making a contradiction? <laughs> this is not what you desire. This is not what you require, God. No, you're really after our hearts, aren't you? Mm-hmm. It's not just about offering something that's costly and sacrificial to try to compensate for our sin. You're trying to go beyond external things, and you're trying to go internally for our heart. That was a New Testament revelation. And so we see that David was, was tasting and touching of the age to come. He was seeing that God was going to change the nature of how he was interacting and relating to men that was going to be based upon not outward external performance, but upon an internal reality, revelation, and relationship that God would interact with us as friends in a deep, intimate relationship. And so David takes the Ark of the Covenant and he moves it from Moses' tabernacle, which was this institutionalized place, where God, uh, the, the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant, and all of the furniture that, again, they were prescribed to build according to the pattern mm-hmm. that God gave them according to Moses. And here was this prophetic authority of Moses' leadership that, that had overshadowed the people of God way after they had entered into the, the land of Israel, into the promised land. And so the shadow of Moses, you know, you know, forecast over all of their activities as they went in to inherit the land. And David said, I want the ark of God's glory in my house. He
1: had a different heart,
0: David did. Yeah, and he said, I'm going to take it out of Moses' tabernacle, and I'm going to build something not as complex, not as compartmentalized, but we're just going to put it in a simple tent. And even though I'm not a priest, I am going to wear a a linen ephod and I'm going to act like a priest and I'm going to minister to the Lord before his presence. And so David was a guy that saw what God was going to fulfill Mm -hmm. and what was going to, in many ways, pass away. Mm. But we, we use this phrase, he lived ahead of his times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He stepped into a dimension and a reality of truth that most of the people could not see. But he was able to see further ahead than the, his peers around him of where God was taking his people. So to me, that's a great example of how he interacted between two dispensations, yeah. the Old Covenant and the New Covenant.
1: That's good. I love that his heart was always to be close to the Lord and he spent so much time with him. That's how he got revelation because he spent time with the Lord. He was away with the Lord and he interacted with the presence of God to get that revelation in his heart.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one final thought in the book of Acts, uh, there was this, um, council that came together, the Jerusalem council, and there were elders and apostles and, and the people of God. And they were trying to decide, what do we do with all of these Gentiles that are coming to the gospel, coming to faith because of the preaching of the gospel? And James, who was the, the presiding overseer mm-hmm. there, and he was kind of a, the overseeing apostle over the specific church in Jerusalem, So he kind of has the final word. Various apostles stood up and gave their input. But James, uh, very prophetic and intuitive. He said what this is, the Gentiles coming in and being converted, is the restoration of the tabernacle of David. Not the restoration of Moses' tabernacle, but he said what David had envisioned, where every nation every tribe all the people not just the jewish people but that god was going to open up the courts of the lord to all the nations and all the nations would flow in to worship the king and he said this is the restoration of david's fallen tent and so david in our moment, in the in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, He's known as a as a the Old Testament man yeah. that lived a New Testament reality, and so that's how we can interact. Ages overlap, and we are called to be people that are tasting of, of the, the coming right. age when the kingdom is consummated, uh, tasting of the power and the authority of it, and embodying what is coming. And that's where we want to focus uh, the teaching today.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. I just get impacted whenever we talk about that the, the door is open to the Gentiles, who we were, who we get to be invited in and then become a part of the people of God, and that the way is open, and that David had that heart, and we can cry out for that same heart to know the Lord and to be accepted by him.
0: That's right. Well, I want to go back and I want to talk about an example that I used in a episode. uh, And I, whether it was two episodes ago or three, but we just talked about uh, a scientific term called an event horizon. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I want to bring up this example again is because we have a choice in which age we're going to live from. Mm. And so scientists and astrophysicists, you know, with the Hubble telescope and some of the instruments now that we use to observe space, we can see, you know, black holes. We know they exist now and they are dark matter and they are so dense, that matter is so dense that objects that get close to it, the gravitational pull of those black holes begin to pull everything that comes within that gravitational pull into it. And it just kind of swallows uh, it up. And so if we are going to be a people that allow what Jesus did for us in judging Satan's order and arrangement of authority, what we refer to the old order, the old age. If we're going to allow the, the finished work of the cross and what Jesus did in the cross and what he demonstrated to the power of the resurrection and what the significance of his ascension is, if we're going to have that impact our lives today to allow us to become age changers, and to experience touching and tasting of the powers of the age to come. We cannot view these events simply as history.
1: Okay, what do you mean?
0: We must interact with them in an experiential revelation. Because we talked about how an event horizon begins to pull You know, the black hole begins to pull everything into its gravitational pull. Well, the only way that that happens is something has to have close proximity to it. Yet scientists can observe these things billions, millions of miles away through a telescope, and they're not affected by the gravitational pull of that, uh, uh, you know, a dark matter as it begins to swallow up galaxies mm-hmm. and stars. And so I find that believers many times, we want to view the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, mm. this world-changing spiritual event, the sequence of events right. that change the age, we like to view it as a footnote of history. And we go, yeah. Jesus died. Jesus died for my sins. Yeah. Jesus raised from the dead. Yeah. Jesus ascended. And we we use the you know phraseology, the vernacular, uh, and and we we footnote it. Yeah, that's been done. But we don't get close enough to the event,
1: mm-hmm.
0: interact with it, meditate, mm-hmm. contemplate go deep on the significance, the spiritual significance of these events, and then how these events create experience for us. Mm -hmm. You know that Charles Spurgeon is one of my favorite preachers. And he said to the believers that he uh, was pastoring in the middle of the 19th century, He was preaching on the cross and one of the phrases that he uh, shared often was he said, abide hard at the cross. Now that's kind of a strange uh, (laughs) sentence, a a strange way to put it, but what he was saying is don't just glance, don't just occasionally remember, you stay at the foot of the cross. Paul said the same thing to believers in Philippians chapter 3. He said, you want to experience the all-surpassing greatness and have a relationship that supersedes anything that you could have ever imagined or think was possible in, in an intimacy with God. He tells us how that is possible. He said... Everything that I thought was an advantage to me, everything right. that I thought I had gained in life, what I thought was significant and important. He said, When I see the all surpassing greatness of Christ, yeah. his glory, his beauty, what he has done, who he is, what he has done for me, he said, All of that is garbage. garbage.
1: Counted as nothing.
0: And I counted as nothing. I want to win Christ. I want to to reach and lean in and to apprehend the one who has apprehended me. And he, and he spoke about two facets, gateways, doorways that allow us to step through and experience the depths of Jesus Christ. One of them, he said, he said we must know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm-hmm. Now, as a young uh, believer, and, and you know that one of the main purposes of why we've launched Summit Life Ministries is because I see a, ten, uh, a trend and a tendency in the life of the church now right. to take the truth of God. And we like to put ourselves in the center of God's universe. Yeah. And we like the will and the purpose and the promise of God to revolve around me right. and my temporal life. And so we think that god exists to make my life the best it can be now and i i want to challenge mm-hmm. believers that we've got to stop man centering me centering self-centering truth truth is from god it's a revelation of himself about to us yeah. no he is the event horizon he wants to pull us yeah. into the vortex of his gravitational pull of the revelation of himself and that my life becomes hid in him. I begin I, I to be swallowed up by Christ and Christ is in God. I just begin to be enveloped yeah. by the revelation and the reality of, of who he is. And so when we talk about truth, about so my identity in Christ, it, it's not another identity outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ is our life. Yeah. My identity is him being conformed and shaped into his image and his likeness. So I have no life outside of Christ. So it's not, I want a little bit of Jesus and Jesus can improve me. Right. No, I must fellowship with him in his sufferings. And when I do that, it's not about Jesus help me with my problems that I'm enduring and suffering with now. Right. No, this is a revelation of what Jesus did in and through the cross to change me into someone that I could never, ever improve myself to be.
1: So you're saying it's not like suffering, like hold your breath until you get through this trial and just endure it and get to the other side of it. God is using the suffering for change. There's a purpose in the suffering.
0: Right. But Carmen, even greater than that, it's not about Jesus just being my comforter in my troubles. It's about me being, as it were, a time traveler Mm. and going back to the foot of the cross and interacting with Jesus in the moment of his suffering. That's why communion is so powerful. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance means a reconstruction. So we can have a bad experience in our life and a traumatic experience in our life. And, just by recall of the memory, mm-hmm. I can have some of the same emotions and some of the same feelings that I had in the actual moment of trauma. Right. So memories are powerful. Well, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I want you to reconstruct the event. I want you to enter in and relive this moment with me. And as we do that, as we have koinonia, fellowship with him and his sufferings, we're going to hear what Jesus said in his final moments on the cross. Mm -hmm. We're going to study his wounds. We're going to see that every wound was intentional. It was not random that he would be crowned with thorns. Yeah. No, we know that a part of the fall was that the earth was cursed, a consequence of Adam and Eve and their rebellion against God. There was going to be an absence of blessing and sin would have a deep effect on the planet. It would actually transform all of creation. Mm -hmm. And the glory and the beauty and the blessing that God had endowed creation with, that blessing was going to evaporate Mm -hmm. and it was going to diminish because there was no longer a steward with the authority and the glory of God that could continue to cultivate that beauty and glory. And so what began to happen is that glory was lost, and the creation had an absence of blessing, and a curse began to define Mm -hmm. what the earth looked like. And, And God said this, he said, in your working of the field, yeah. in your interaction with creation to cultivate it, to try to get it to be fruitful. He said, by the, fruit, uh, by the sweat of your brow, your, your labor will intense. But he said, thorns and briars mm-hmm. will infect and invest uh, or infect and, and multiply in the field. Well, Jesus had a crown of thorns placed upon him because he not only bore our sin, but he bore the effect of sin. He bore he the consequence yeah. of sin. He became a curse for us. All of the labor of man that had, had now turned away from fruitful uh, productivity, now his hands are limited in his fruitfulness. Also his hands are now engaged in sinful activity. Now God is gonna redeem what the hands of man have done. Mm-hmm. He's going to, his feet were pierced to where our our walk, mm-hmm. because we, we now had no straight paths for our feet. We were swift to run, to mischief, and to shed innocent blood. Now the crooked way is going to be made straight and the rough place made plain. We know that the Bible intentionally says he took the stripes upon his back so that an entire healing and wholeness can occur. Mm-hmm. And so when we fellowship with Jesus, and and I believe it was Martin Luther or Calvin said this, he said, I want you when you go to the cross, He said, I want you to stare carefully into the face of Jesus. And I'm paraphrasing this. But he said, when you see him and you stare at his marred appearance, you will see that he just didn't suffer for you, but he suffered as you. Carmen, the cross of Christ is going to become glorified again. Yes, We have minimized it we have almost embraced a form of Christianity that is crossless. And I even know people, they, they want to emphasize the resurrection, but they do it at the expense of the cross. We do not have the reality and the demonstration and the power of the resurrection. The resurrection yeah. does not exist unless there was a death. Right. Because resurrection is life from the dead. It is life swallowing up death. And so, you know, for those that are listening to me today, there's a very strong anointing right now while we're talking about this. I was in Nigeria, Africa, probably a decade ago, maybe less than a decade ago, and I was invited to speak at a conference there. And I... It was so very vivid and real to me, even as I share it now. I was on the front row as a speaker, and they had a preliminary speaker that was kind of warming the audience up. And he was up there speaking, and I was in prayerful you know, meditation on what the Lord had me to give and to bring that night. And while I was praying in the Spirit, the Lord spoke to me. He said, my cross and the preaching of my cross will become popular again. And so I do believe that we are going to see a resurgence, a Mm -hmm. renaissance, an emphasis upon the glory and the power and the victory of the cross of Christ. We will never know how Jesus unseated Satan as as a ruler over an age of fear and death unless we understand what Jesus did upon the cross. Well, we're going to stop there right now, (laughs) and I hope you've enjoyed this as we have gloried in the Lord, as we've gloried in the cross cross. of Christ.
1: Thank you for watching. Um, You are on social media, so you know what to do with social media. If you like what you're seeing, you can see more at summitlifeministries.com, but you can like us on Facebook, Instagram, Uh, YouTube, those kinds of things. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to diving into more of the Word of God next time. God bless you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.